Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, actor, comedian, and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. Johnny Million, first of all, right out of the gate, and everybody in Chicago, I want to wish you a, a very, very Merry Christmas. Thank uh, you. Starting sometime in the next 12 hours and lasting till about Tuesday, um, when you're like, where does all this cardboard grow? Like, I think the, the gift, the best gift you're I right, think you can yeah. give someone. It, 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 it becomes a, a cardboard distribution math problem. Yeah. Well, I would argue that uh, the best gift you could probably give someone, a little stocking stuffer, is a, a little coupon that says, I will take care of all the boxes. <laughs> nice. I thought you were just going to say box cutter. Yeah, right. No, um, uh, that's, uh, that's always been a rough thing for America, both at the rise of Amazon and all this stuff and the amount of boxes that we're now awash in. And, of course, our uh, long and storied, uh, complicated history with box cutters in this country. Um, it's been a, it's an awkward time around the holidays. It's very complicated. A lot I had of, a big yeah, Christmas show yesterday. Maybe I'll be nice. able to share some pictures of it. I had like a uh, big, hey, look, it's Freddie Fuswell, who's been daring me to say his name live on the air, spelled the way it's spelled. Oh, I see. Um, it, it's, it's, that's, the real, that's the real name? I don't know. That's, that's I have my point. doubts. I, I, yeah, I understand. Okay. Because I, I have my, you know, uh, there are a couple of um, live streams that I check in on, both on what's happening in Israel and Gaza and what's happening in, um, in Russia and Ukraine, what's happening in Sudan, what's happening in, you know, in the potential buildup, the forever never ending edging experience of Taiwan and China, you know, and all these, there are, there are a series of guys who just can't, they give money to all these things because they all watch the same thing. Like I see these same people in the chat in different groups and they're um, let's just say they have all those funny names that you uh, you try to get somebody to read in the announcements at school when you're in high school. Like, you Dick know, fits well. Yeah, right. Exactly. It, Richard, uh, uh, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, and good on him, by the way. Merry Christmas, Richard. And um, it's, it's he, he lives a tortured life. It's really, you know, because it does. It, yeah, because it turns out to be an ironic name. The important thing, though, is um, <laughs> is that um, these guys, uh, several of these guys are so serious in the topics they're talking about because they're military guys. They never, no pun intended, they never see it coming. They just don't like they keep reading them uh, just blindly. They don't it doesn't register. Sure. Which is amazing to me. I mean, I yeah. guess that's what that's what blinders is. You know, that's the you are so um, yes. Everybody's saying them in the chat room. We get them. Yeah, Thank people, you. Oh, I like Anita They're Man. Throwing them in that's, there. See, now that's nice. That's tidy, Bob. I like Anita Man. Yeah. Uh, oh wow, that's complicated. William Decker says. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. One. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Hurts, hurts off. Hurts, hurts us off. It's hard to you have to run it all together because it's very we're going to get in trouble. Oh, Andrea in the chat is apologizing to me for not telling me about her medical emergency directly. See, that's how lovely the people we have in our chat is. That's, that's right. I mean, if you need a better I, example of the fantastic 
like charming, generous, and wonderful nature of everybody who shows up in the chat for the show. I don't know. That's if right. A and one all I know that. is that I felt very slighted to not also, be also mildly codependent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <yeah>. <laughs> mildly. <laughs> So, uh, yes. And, and, um, and by the way, let me tell you, Andrea, uh, never apologize, uh, to Johnny million for not showing up. It's, uh, just don't do it. Yeah, no, that's what I do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's his thing. It's consider it like car. You're just the karmic boomerang for a myriad of other circumstances in his life. You know, because I think (laughs) that's like, look, I was going to apologize for, for screwing up your weekend, but you've screwed up so many people's weekends. I feel like I owe it to the universe or something. Yeah. So I'm just going to let it, I'm just going to let it stick. Um, by the way, for the record, Johnny has never ruined a single weekend of mine. I would like to make that clear on the air. Now, uh, thank you. I'll write back at yeah, you. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you did ruin I, I have your to dad's it. house a couple times. Well, only with a bass pedal that, uh, or a, a drum pedal that dug into the floor and required uh. a massive amount of sanding and refinishing, which I did. But um, it's all right. You know, you guys didn't have to stick around for it. I just had to live in dust for a month. Um, <laughs> it's high school. So we have, uh, I don't know if you know this, but in the great um, Antifa fed Jan 6 unfolding of insiders and maggot whisperers who, uh, you know, all the maggots were just there to be heard and be patriots. And then somebody walked up an Antifa fed uh, informant and agent snuck up on them when they were it, caught in the throes of passionate patriotism, whispered in their ear. And but for that moment, they would have never beaten cops and stole their uh, guns and, and, they and their, their their nightsticks and other and their shields and whatnot and attacked other police and the like. Um well, it's been a bad week for that storyline. Um, what yeah, happened? So Matt Gates and a bunch of Republicans, and including Donald Trump and I think even Don Jr., posted about these specific videos of these guys who were bashing in the windows at the Capitol and were engaged in violence against the cops. And, and they pointed out that, like, these guys were in black-clad outfits and they were, uh, you know, they were clearly Antifa, yeah. you know, youngins. Probably BLM, yuck, right? Probably. And they, uh, right? And they, they decided apparently to go deep, deep, deep undercover, um, you know, as, as maggots on Jan 6. Mm-hmm. And they, they, you know, gained a bunch of weight and got type 2 diabetes, <laughs> started smoking. Many oh, of I'm them, uh, mo- most of them, uh, you know, um, started reading really small text so they would need glasses, you know, to, to mm-hmm. so that people wouldn't realize how young they were, you know, um, they just had to hide it. Right. And uh, and then they uh, and then it, in their I guess, to complete their plan. They dressed all in black to look vaguely Antifa esque on the day in a kind of counterpunch thing that would cause this this back and forth. And one of these people, two of them, two of them got arrested. Uh, hmm. They they posted bond and they have yet to do their plea. Well, one of them is pleaded guilty. The other one is not entered a plea yet. And that that fella is from uh, Illinois. Who's that? Yeah, yeah. His name and somebody might out there might know this fella. His name is William Lewis. Bill to his friends and not Bill. Yeah, Bill. No, 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 not not uh, by any means. 
uh, Bill Lewis showed up and, you know, dressed in all, dressed all in black. Cause I, I guess he was going to hunker down in the Capitol during nightfall and pounce on somebody. All, you know, 232 pounds of him, uh, in it, you know, anyways. <laughs> so, uh, I will show it on the, the stream right now. If I, let's see if I can do this. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, look, Freddie's um, dropping super chats. All you got to oh, do you. is carefully say his name on the air and all of a Properly. sudden his wallet opens up. Beautiful. Yeah. And by the way, uh, you guys are the reason the show is on the air. So patreon.com slash Al Sparks is a great Christmas gift. And also uh, like subscribe. That's the easy part. It's free um, unless you're on Twitch, in which case it, it, it does cost money. But if you have Amazon Prime, it doesn't cost you a dime. And uh, what else? Oh, yeah. And Super Chats and uh, stars on Facebook. It's a very strange thing, but it does help. Um, also, if you're on mm-hmm. Facebook, use the frowny face angry emoji to describe the, you know, and those options of moving emojis they give you. to describe. Always use the angry one because anger works I always do that with friends of mine who I haven't talked to in a long time. If yeah. they post something innocuous on Facebook, I will go ahead and just, like, reply to it angrily. Yes. I think that's wise because it draws yeah. it. It boosts it, it in the algorithm. Attention. Yeah. In a, in a way that other things don't. Now, why is um, John it, angry at my picture of a squirrel? Why does it even matter? I don't care. Um, so the uh, I will show you in this moment, if I may. Um, there is. Let's see if I can put it. I'll put it up on the stream so people can see it. But um, there's a guy and it's, uh, you know, in this picture, I don't know if you can see it, Johnny Million, but this Mm -hmm. guy is holding a police baton and he is using it to smash open a window at the Capitol. He is also wearing what looks like like a black store-bought military or police jacket that gives Mm -hmm. you the illusion that you're a police police officer, curiously enough. Now, this guy, William Lewis, who's from Burbank, Illinois, um, he... Came to the Capitol that day uh, as a, you know, he was just going to walk down there peacefully and patriotically. Now, yeah, yeah. he was carrying um, a backpack full of bug spray because oh he either couldn't read the memo or he read it wrong or he just couldn't get his hands on any bear spray. So mm-hmm. he brought mm-hmm. uh, hornet and wasp spray, which is uh, far more damaging, toxic and permanent uh, if, when you spray it in a human being's eyes, then bu- then even bear spray is, uh. for the record. He brought that down there, and he sprayed that in the face of police officers, allegedly, because he has not offered his plea yet. But he there was a bolo out on him for a um, an attack on a federal officer. He sprayed that, That's and then, then he took their right baton, there. and then he broke windows. And Matt Gates and all these folks have been saying that this dude is Antifa posing as a maggot trying to get Donald Trump in trouble. Well, that that's a big surprise to this guy who has been a dedicated poster and supporter and booster of Donald Trump. And the other guy that's in the video with him, which got an equal amount of attention, you'll be able to, you can see him in the picture that I posted online right next to him. He's in a black jacket hoodie pulled up. He's got a hunting cap underneath it. So you can see the camouflage brim. So if he tries to hide in a bush, you can, he can duck his face down, I guess, is the, is the strategy. Didn't work out very well, but uh, I'll tell you that guy's story after we come back, because he's been accused of being Antifa and uh, he's going to jail for three years. Oh my. Apparently when it, when Trump says, who's locking up all these Antifa people, all these BLM people? Well, I guess they got this guy, right? Right. 
We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide uh, Christmas Eve Eve Edition, with 100% more Johnny Million. Welcome back to the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Now, after uh, Illinois native uh, (laughs) William Lewis getting busted and having a double strike against him, on the Mm. one hand, he's going to go to jail for a long time for assaulting a police officer. And and I guess it would be like first degree assault because he showed up there to cause harm. He brought... Also, who's bringing cans of bug spray to a Trump rally? Is it is that part of the Trump smells thing? Is there a thing like, do, are we just not aware because we've never gone? Are there lots of flies at Trump rallies because of him not changing his diaper like Kinzinger oh, says? And, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe this guy w- was like, I want to sit close, but whoo, right? I got to bring some. I'm going to need me uh, some bear spray. Yeah, yeah right. So uh, the other the other guy in this, and this one's got to hurt. Uh, a lot. Not only um, is he not Antifa, mm-hmm. not only is he not uh, a Fed, not only is he not even an informant. Mm. This and this guy. Let me tell you what he, he's been uh, convicted of punching a Metropolitan Police officer twice and stealing the officer's riot shield while oh other people were beating him. Um, okay. he sma- and he was, he was right next to this guy when he smashed the window. And this is one of the big videos where they, use, you have to understand these two guys are kind of pivotal because they are, um, specific to the narrative that they've been pushing that this was all a fed set up and that everybody was driven to do it. And, and the, and these two guys are like the, the poser feds in Antifa clothing, like the feds wouldn't know to dress like a regular maggot. I don't, that part, I don't understand, whatever, who smashed, you know, smashed the window and went, follow me. And therefore people who followed them are just innocent victims of being, I don't know. I just got yeah, caught and up you know, in there's this cop beating. Somebody in the chat looks like Robert Polizzi has a, a good idea yeah. that the, uh, it's like the Rocky horror picture show where you can, you bring your, you bring props and you know, the part that you play. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you bring rice or you bring a squirt gun or whipped uh-huh. cream or any. Yeah, right. Um, well, this guy, uh, again, beat a police officer mm. um, and, 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 and like struck him twice, took his shield while other people were beating him for the record, like participated in a, in a group ass kicking of a police officer. <laughs> Let me. So hashtag back the blue, I guess. And this guy. <laughs> smashed the window with this other guy and they were both like this is evidence that antifa started this whole thing and we wouldn't have done it if antifa hadn't used their mind control mk ultra you know whisper hypnosis on us we would have just stayed outside and had a cookout and sang you know and here uh, i am surprised that no scooby-doo episode ever ended with that that plot point yeah that's yeah it just well this guy uh, is also known as a front row Joe. Okay. That's right. For those of you that uh, are you know familiar at all, uh, or aren't familiar, I suppose, where the front row Joes are the people who m- go to multiple Trump rallies and, and try not to miss one. Some of them have seen 90 of them. They're, you know, they, they stack mm. them. They go, and by the way, they gack up the first like five rows now of Trump's little mini gatherings in gymnasiums muscling out actual voters from the districts, which is the hilarious part. Oh, there you go. Oh, now you're quiet? I'd I'd, I'd like to, yeah, I'm I'm 
try better. Anyways, uh, we had a cat um, show up on the stream. So this guy is a front row Joe. He's one of the people that's always in the front row of Trump gatherings. I don't call them rallies anymore because there aren't enough people and he's not actually rallying anybody because that would be voters in the district. It's just all these deadheaders that are following him around the country. And uh, this guy, Jonathan Munafo, is a front row Joe and clear as day. And, and, and here's the thing. This, is, this has got to be the weirdest thing for these idiots. This guy and uh, these guys are going to he's going to jail for three years. Munafo's going to jail. He pled guilty. He's going to jail for three years and he's getting off easy. Yeah. This dude beat a cop and took his shield so that he could go beat other cops so that he could get in there and more than likely kill a member, a sitting member of Congress. Yep. The guy's wearing body armor at the event. He's got a radio attached to it so he can coordinate with other people that are there. And and guess what that means? Means the other people he's coordinating with who are wearing body armor and dressed in black too that are showing up in videos everywhere that they're saying are Antifa are part of his posse. Here's the rough part though. This dude's going to do three years and when he comes out, Everybody in the maggot community is still going to think he's a fed who just went down uh, yeah. to cover the conspiracy. Can you imagine being willing to ruin your life for somebody like Donald Trump in the first place? You'd have to be like dopey as hell, but you'd also have to be like, you know, just enamored, cult like enamored with Donald That's the Trump. Whole thing. And you that get movement. caught on the other side of the conspiracy. You're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, how did I become I'm one of you? I mean, yeah, no officer. I'm Dude, not one of you. Right. Yesterday, I was making up stories about other people just like this. And now they're making up stories about me. What the hell? I might have to sit in a small room for three years and consider that I might have been suckered by, you know, the Barnum and Bailey of our age. So these two guys are going down um, and. It was because of this. It was a oh, thank you for a new Patreon. Thank you so much, Greg. Um, it was part of a huge, you know, it was a huge turning point and a huge, uh, I guess, a plot point in the story that they were telling about these, like the maggot whisperer idea that they wouldn't have done this but for these folks. Every single one of them has been a longtime Trump supporter. Every single time, and you know, you know how we know that there's even more of this evidence that's going to come out. You know what? how we know? Hmm. Because remember all the footage they were going to release that Mike, say what you will about Mike Johnson, you know, pushing bills that were exactly like McCarthy would have done, except worse in terms of Republican priorities, which is hilarious. Say what you will about the guy, you know, basically being a rubber stamp. The one, you know, the one thing you can say is that he was going to come in and release all the Jan 6 footage and show that this was a big put on that this was all organized and it was a you know it was a big psyop and maggots got suckered into doing this and everybody who's in jail now just uh, like got caught up in this you know like this Jewish space laser that was you know make you know I guess just printing so the word exciting. attack I mean that officer I was driving along with the flow of traffic oh just yeah right and it and then they all started driving into a playground and I was like 
Well, I guess well, this is we what go. we do now. Why would I slam on the brakes just because other people are running over have, children? Why would I avoid these children? I've heard points. You can get I points. Mean, I've got a, yeah, I've got a sticker on my car that says, I love kids. <laughs> right? Why wouldn't I drive through a bunch of them trying to cross the street? You know? That's how you know. Anyways, so these guys, this this the the footage isn't being released and that's not a shock to anybody they let out some of it which was just kind of like out of order small cuts and you could only come and look at it they you know and some people filmed it on their phone and were able to share it but they didn't release surprisingly even uh, more than a third of it and that is because the more they release this is like biden votes that they found during the recounts the more of this footage that they release the more of these idiots are going to jail for a long time. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why they're like, we have to redact this footage so the feds don't go after some of these people. Like, okay, first of all, that's you giving aid and comfort to the enemy. If you're blacking out their faces or yep. obscuring their identities so that the federal government can't look at these. Secondly, they can already look at the footage, stupid. The difference is citizens can't go, oh, wait a minute. That's Bill. Holy smokes. It's a guy who would always show up at the bar and and blather about Trump and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he's been staying out at his house or whatever, and he won't answer the door. I saw I think I saw the cops going out there, but his wife told him he's not there anymore. I saw him yesterday. Like, that's what they're worried about, that that people are going to go. I hate that guy. And and this is where he lives. So now on the other side of the whole, like, I mean, that that is a massive crash in the narrative that has been protecting Donald Trump, the conspiracy narrative that has been shoring up a lot of Donald Trump's support around Jan 6 is that he told him to go down there peacefully and patriotically, walk down there. Now, he did say, if you don't fight, we're not going to have a country left. And if and, and you're going to have to be strong if Mike Pence doesn't do the right thing and all that stuff. So the idea is maybe like fight like hell, maybe some of that. Right. It means don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes is effectively what that phrase what he meant by that. And that's why he didn't go down himself and why nobody would go down there because he was expecting it to pop off and turn into violence. And that, I mean, he could have caught stray awful from that bug spray, bullets, whatever. So, of course, the Secret Service aren't going to take him down there. We got to take a break. When we come back, uh, the the you'll you'll be shocked to hear that the Hunter Biden investigation and one of the biggest pieces of evidence that the and and I use that in air quotes, evidence that they've allegedly had about Hunter Biden and his financial ties to his father, that that uh, bit the dust this week, too, oh in spectacular fashion. We'll be back right after this. You're locked into the House Sparks radio program. Mega Worldwide. Okay, so... One of the big stories, uh, let's, let's be abundantly clear. The, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop that uh, Rudy Giuliani peddled and talked about and all that time does not exist. Um, there is a real laptop that uh, Hunter Biden turned over to the, to the IRS mm-hmm. as part of his case. And some people will cite things from that laptop and say that it's the same laptop that was allegedly left at the only Mac repair place in Delaware or even the country where the pr- main proprietor works alone and could not pick any of his customers out of a lineup because he is legally blind and can't see six inches past the end of his face. And literally, if you put 
Eric Trump, Don Jr., and Hunter Biden in a lineup, he could not tell the difference. This is just materially true. Also, it all, he's also the only person who loves Donald Trump so much that a hunt, that a Bo Biden sticker on it on, on a laptop would make him think there's crime in there. The Bo Biden Foundation, uh, of a man who, uh, by all accounts, was a man of total integrity and died of brain cancer that he got more than likely from his exposure to burn pits while he served in the military. And this guy was like, "Aha! If anything says criminal, that's with the, a, a sticker that says you were involved in the charity of a man who." fought for the country and, and served the country and died most likely because of his service. That's the trigger point. And this guy also happens to oddly know Rudy Giuliani's lawyer. I, what are the odds? <laughs> this is strange. So uh, needless to say, uh, this is one of those conspiracies that is incredibly silly. And also, for those of you who don't know, there's also another magical Hunter Biden laptop. I don't know if you know that. You know the you don't there's know about the second one. There was a well. It was first, technically. Technically, the one that supposedly ended up at at John Paul McIsaac's Mac shop. Um, there was another one. Keith Abloh, who was a Fox News contributor and a psychiatrist, who would come on and famously, you know, he was one of these guys who would come on and say Hillary Clinton's got, you know, Parkinson's dementia and the flu or whatever. Oh, cool, cool, you know, cool. That kind of stuff, right? That guy. Okay, he was arrested for. Uh, taking sex drugging and taking sexual advantage of his patients. And he was, uh, he would give out false scripts for, for pharmaceuticals, pain, uh, killers in particular. And the DEA raided his, his apartment, his condo. And in that, what do you know? But they found a, a laptop that was, uh, uh, when they looked at it, said, this is the property of Hunter Biden. It looks like it's Hunter Biden's. How did the uh, Hunter Biden never got any, um, you know, medical or psychological services from this fella that we know of, but magically this laptop is at his house. Right. And, and, and of course, Ablo knows all these, you know, Rudy and all the Fox folks and all that stuff. And they call Hunter Biden's lawyer and they go, Hey, we have some of your client's property here, we think. So if you want it, you can come get it because it's not part of our um, our raid or any of that. It has nothing to do with it. We're not, you know, not, we're going through his patient's files and claiming them and going back through and like, hey, what what crimes did they confess to on the couch? It doesn't it doesn't work that way. Like there's there's no like, uh, you know, patient doctor uh, privilege that is thrown out simply because your doctor is a criminal. Right. After a while. So. Uh, this other laptop and, and they took it back and they're like, we don't remember ever. There was no reason why there would be one of his laptops at this guy's house, but we don't know that it was stolen. So, okay. Now, granted, Keith Abloh, my, because he was doling out painkillers and drugs at some point, might have known some other heavy hitter, uh, you know, I guess drug dealers in the upper echelon of New York and DC and that kind of stuff. Cause he ran in those circles. So God knows who he gave painkillers to as well. So they might've been part of that plot, but either way that it, it just absurd, like the whole thing. Okay. Well, one of the things that they're mad about, the Republicans are really mad about the fact that their October surprise failed. 
the the Hunter Biden laptop story, and that's you'll hear them either call it the hard drive or they'll call it the story. You'll notice that uh, Trump is the only one who's dumb enough to call it the laptop from hell because Bannon and Giuliani and all these guys know that that hard drive was never in a laptop and they know that how they got it. So they don't talk about it in those terms because they know the laptop doesn't physically exist. What, you know, one may have been given by as part of this scheme and said the, to the FBI, I've got this dead laptop with nothing on it. It was Hunter Biden's. Right. That's the thing, because he blanked the hard drive allegedly before giving it back to them completely. That's the whole thing. It's just an empty waterlogged laptop that nobody knows who it belonged to. It's just silly. So uh, Rudy Giuliani and all these guys are like, they know it's a, they know it's the hard drive because he purchased it allegedly in uh, Ukraine from Russians before all the current unpleasantness. One of the things about the October surprise and what made it an obvious October surprise was that Rudy Giuliani and, and Mackie, the other guy who was with him, um, I think that's his name, or we're getting it mixed up with the guy who posted the meme that Trump is complaining about. Either way, he he's he, he would not give a copy of the hard drive that he had to the New York Post before the October story. And it's one of the reasons why it was considered an October surprise BS story. And the idea is, in the October surprise, the purpose of an October surprise is, you know it's a lie, you know it's fake, but if you release it in October... By the time people figure it out or the argument about it is over, the 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 election's done. You've already right. ruined their reputation and they can't yep. certainly salvage it within five weeks is the idea. That's the plan. That's what a October surprise is for. Sure. If it if it could withstand scrutiny and if it could stand up to the allegations you're making, you would make it in June, which yeah. would totally right after the primary. You'd effectively wait until they are the candidate. And you go, now that they're the candidate, I'm going to ruin the party's chances of putting somebody else in there or make it much more difficult for them. And then I'm going to show that this this person is a total criminal. But they don't. They hold on to it. Rudy Giuliani handed out these printouts. That's what the that's what the post was going off of. Printed emails, no metadata, no no verification, because nobody can fake Nobody can type up anything that looks like an email. It's just dumb. And then these uh, alleged... I've got a counterpoint for you, Hal. Who's got a printer that works? Well, sure. Touche. Touche. Everybody's out of toner all the time. It's just a thing. The struggle (laughs) is real. So, um, but here's the other thing. they They went on the printouts. And one of the ones, for all the gigabytes of material we've heard about, right? We've How much have we heard? There's so much. We're up to our eyeballs in evidence. And again, information is not evidence unless it leads to the solution of how a crime happened or who did it. That's what makes it evidence. Right. Other than that, it's just information that is meaningless, right? You could draw moral or ethical distinctions about someone based on information, but that doesn't make it evidence. It's just silly. So anyways, one of the big things he held up all the time, and they constantly repeat this one, Comer, Jim Jordan, and they all got it from Rudy Giuliani doing it on his Common Sense podcast all the time, right? What? Right? That was the, he would push this one, he would hold it up. He would hold up a printout of these iMessage bubbles, right? And it was this one about how, I hope you don't have to give pop, I think I'll read it here. It's the, I, um, he sent a text to his daughter, Naomi. This is Hunter to Naomi. Um, which, by the way, with no evidence of a crime, let's just run by the fact that the 
Republicans have been allegedly, and I, I don't even know that this is worded exactly right or they didn't you know, mess around with it because you can't tell because there's no metadata. So even I can't say this is real. Neither can they. Right. But let's just assume it is for the point of argument. The, the Republicans, with no evidence of a crime, have, for two years have been reading out the text messages between a father with a drug problem and his daughter as they have arguments. People who have never served in uh, uh, Hunter you know, Biden's public office. daughter? Yeah, that, and Hunter Biden's daughter, Naomi. Yeah. Oh. He goes, I hope you, you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. He wrote in a typo-filled message. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. Right. Wow. And this was the whole thing like, OK, that shows he's the bag man. OK, first of all, bag men don't get any of the money in the bag. Let's just start there. Let's just start with the fact that uh, any mafia story you ever heard that the guy who goes and picks up the duffel bag full of cash from the people that are being extorted or or, you know, are giving protection money to the mob or what have you. They don't get to keep half of it as a transit fee. Right. Let's just yeah. so you, you get paid something to do it. Mm-hmm. But the 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 bag men carry the bag. That's yeah, what it you means. Don't get the bag. You don't get. Yeah. And you certainly don't get half the bag. Like, you don't get any close to that. It's just dumb. OK, so but this was they kept pushing this. Yes. The Spiro Agnew story is a great uh, the bag man uh, story about Spiro Agnew is a fascinating. Oh, thing, it is. Yeah. But anyways, as they pursue their impeachment inquiry, they've uh, done this and they say, you know, pop is about Biden. OK. In the case of the message, Hunter Biden to his daughter, and this is from The New York Times. Republicans have portrayed it as evidence that he probably acknowledged he split his income with his father, who in early 2019 was out of office, but preparing to begin the campaign that would put him in the White House. OK, that's the thing with the other payments uh, at a hearing in September. Byron Donalds uh, displayed the message. Asked a witness, Bruce Dubinsky, a friend's account, if you saw a text message like this is it in a potential money laundering operation or potential pay-for-play operation, would you be looking for information related to it? The guy said, absolutely. But a close examination of the circumstances surrounding the 2019 text message, along with others that have been cited by Republicans during the impeachment inquiry, uh, suggests that Hunter Biden's foreign income was shared with or uh, uh, that, that suggests that shows the extent to which the contents of the, mis- of the communications have been misunderstood or outright distorted. Um, the story behind the message, uh, as explained by the Bidens and backed up by other interviews and a review of Hunter Biden's emails and text messages, offers something unflatter- uh, offers sometimes unflattering insights into the family's finances and internal dynamics, and adds more detail what is known about Biden's, uh, Hunter Biden's erratic and irresponsible behavior while in the throes of addiction. But it's a very different story than they put forward. So rather than evidence of this split with the father, um, uh, that he had split foreign income with his father. The 2019 message was a reference to a story from Hunter's youth that he repeated to his daughters when they became teenagers. He told them this all the time. It was prompted by a family dispute fueled by Hunter Biden's drug use, money troubles, and personal resentments. According to the review of Hunter Biden's communications, interviews with Biden aides, family friends, Hunter and Naomi Biden, it started with a freak ski accident in the start of 2019. Naomi Biden, 25 at the time, and her then-boyfriend, Peter Neal, we're, uh, we're having lunch at the Slopeside Handlebar Restaurant and Pub at Four Seasons in Jackson Hole. They received a frantic phone call from Naomi's younger sister, Finnegan. Boy, are they Irish. This is the most Irish family. I just think it's fantastic. Just, <laughs> you just, they're just pegging the Irish needle all the time. Um, who had skipped lunch with them. Pegging the Irish is actually the name of a, a movie. No, I- no, no, no. 
All right. Finnegan told Naomi that she had caught one of her skis on a branch and taken a hard fall, injuring her knee. A rescue team from the ski patrol loaded her on a toboggan to take her down the mountain. Please help, she said. Naomi immediately alerted her parents, Hunter and his wife, uh, who I think they might have been divorced at the time. The accident occurred during one of the darkest periods in Hunter's life. After the death of his brother, Bo, he descended into a spiral of addiction. His wife, uh, Kathleen Buell, separated with, from him and their relationship deteriorated as his uh, addiction problem during this period. He was financially dependent on Barisma, which appointed him to the board, blah, blah, blah. Barisma money was substantial, little under $500,000 in 2018, according to recent federal uh, uh, indictments. Um, in addition, blah, blah, blah. They go through, uh, she fractured her tibia and she wanted to go to a, a doctor in D.C. He was suggesting she go to somebody in New York that was an orthopedist who knew somebody and that was an argument. Okay, okay. The doctor began treating her, uh, sorry, that they sent to, had treated Hunter with ketamine. Um, this orthopedic surgeon, one of the reasons why they didn't go to this person and wasn't one of the issues with his addiction, how it got worse was this guy was feeding him ketamine, which by the way is what killed Matthew Perry. By yeah. the way. Um, anyway, she went to Washington. Hunter was mad and on drugs, wrote a bunch of angry and gibberish messages. And he said, find an apartment with Peter by next week. Hunter instructed and send me the keys and leave all the furniture in my art. I love all you, but I don't receive any respect. He then sent text messages with, that Republicans have suggested that he gets his income. That's the one we saw um, that they talked about. And the story around it is effectively that his dad, while he worked in college, hmm. made him uh, pay his room and board because Biden was putting him through school. So the idea was he was trying to teach him and Bo some personal responsibility. And so you whatever you get from your job, which was uh, like he had a couple of different jobs in school, you give half of it to your dad because he's pay- he's paying for college. He's paying for, the, you know, the room and board and all this other stuff. So this was just um, during this period when he was very young. And and the reason he said it to her was because she was in school at the time. So he was making this reference. I won't make you pay for, you know, that, you know, half your income to me because he meant while you're in school. Because that's what his dad did. And it was a story. He said, and now that you're working, I'm taking away your allowance. You were called in an interview. And I just thought, this is the craziest concept I've ever heard. So I'm doing this good thing. And you're taking away my allowance because he was giving her an, uh, an allowance. I was so mad at him, so angry, and specifically remember him in the instance saying, when I was in college, I worked every single day. And I even had to give Pop half the money because he was paying for my college education. Mm. Naomi continued, I don't necessarily believe that he gave my pop half. It's the classic parent saying, you don't know what it was like for me when I was growing up. I just had so much harder than you. Um, you know, you kids don't know how easy you've got it these days is the kind of general tenor. And he, and he would tell this story apparently a lot. So it was shorthand. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's the pop, half your salary. Yeah. And Gino in the chat makes a really good point. <clears throat> yeah. He says, I don't need Hunter to be a saint. None of us do. Right. I never voted for Hunter Biden for anything. Right. Yeah. And the weird part is, and, and I feel like dragged into this to some degree because we have to address these things because they're using him as a weapon against the actual person I voted for right. and the actual person you voted for. And more than likely, a lot of people in our chat voted for. They're using yeah. the, the personal communications between a father and daughter as a weapon against someone and lying about it. But family family values, I guess. We'll be back right after this. Also, Phil Bittner's going to be joining us from Warsaw. He's in Poland, I think, right now Warsaw. on his way back yeah, he's to Ukraine. It up. Yeah, he's it, well. It's transit. It's you know that's how you get. You, you know, most people get 
go to Ukraine right now through Poland who are there. Uh, okay. so, but we'll be back right after this because there's some. Uh, I always thought it was practice, practice, practice. Uh, is, it, is that how you get to Poland? Uh, <laughs> we'll be back right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Johnny and I were just having a sort of philosophical discussion about why people become sort of right-wing hypocrites about stuff is in, in relation to the Moms of Liberty story that keeps unfolding. And and again, um, the the weird thing is, is that um, Bridget Ziegler gets a lot of undue attention, I would argue, in this, as simply just because it's kind of, I guess, funny and ironic and what have you about uh, the Moms for Liberty, you know, crusader against filth and foreign filth in schools and whatnot, being involved in threesomes with her husband and and filming them, which I think is also a big part of this. And that, you know, that that in and of itself would be by, you know, a standard kind of right wing I mean, I guess Matt Schlapp is breathing a sigh of a relief that this is eating a lot of the news bandwidth, right? <laughs> but the the interesting thing is that her, uh, you know, the, and I think the curious part, and I find sort of upsetting about it, is that her husband, Christian Ziegler, who's the head of the Florida GOP, or was until they reduced, they got rid of him by reducing his salary to a dollar to try and get him to quit before voting well, him off. Were, yeah, well, they were trying to get him to, well, no, because you have power, even if you're not getting the money from it. You're getting, he, you know, you do something else. Uh, That's not all you do, right? So he didn't, you know, the power of being the head of that organization is probably worth more than the paycheck, clearly, right? Yeah. So anyways, uh, you know, part of the story that's come out is that there's a, a police have found a second sex video of this woman who's, you know, the head of Moms for Liberty and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and yes, everybody wants to see it. I know. All right. But um, because she's an attractive lady, I get it. Um, But the problem with it, I find, is that what is sort of one of these old fashioned scandals that is we should be numb to by now. The kind of, you know, right wing uh, sexual hypocrite, be it, uh, you know, uh, somebody who's either closeted or secretly gay voting against gay rights or somebody who's engaged in a lot of philandering selling themselves as a family first conservative or what have you um, that, I mean, that it's, it's downright nineties, this kind of thing. The interesting thing is that even with that, it is eclipsing the story that her husband who was engaged in these threesomes with her, when the woman that they had these regular trysts with was not interested in having sex with just him because that lady said, apparently it, it's quoted in the uh, affidavit that she was more into his wife, you know, she was into it because of the couple, but she's, she leans more that way in her fluid sexuality. And she's not really into it without his wife present. Uh, he went over to her house and sexually assaulted her. Uh, and, and it wasn't just groping. It was a, a full violent sexual assault. And uh, she filed charges. She went to a rape uh, clinic. She she did all your everything you're supposed to do in a timely fashion, and somehow that part of it just is humming along, you know, under the you know uh, under the old fashioned shock of my goodness, this lady's worried about 
the, the you know filth and degradation of our society. Meanwhile, she's doing this stuff in the background, which is, I think, feeds into, I guess, some people are worried about backlash and shame when it comes to hiding their sexuality, that they will right. be in physical danger. Um, you know, gay people and trans people have had to deal with this kind of thing. Uh, uh, traditionally, cross-dressers, the same thing. It's based on that idea, right? Uh, they have to hide what they want to sure. do or feel, right, for fear of reprisal. Mm. But the irony in this particular case is, well, I, I think this might be just the Alan Watt idea of, you know, Christianity is the highest form of sink, uh, highest, what did you say? Highest form of kink because nothing is kinkier than making sex dirty, right? You make sex dirty just to make it exciting. If it's just sex and you're allowed to do it, where's the fun in that, right? It's it's the sneaking around, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. So you make it more forbidden and then you've got to start ratcheting that up because it's not really about intimacy or connection. It's about, some sort of like you're crossing boundaries. And then it's no surprise that this guy who's into that would eventually cross what is effectively the ultimate sexual boundary in that regard, right? Non-consent. It's not surprising. So, um, and that may be, you know, her reasoning, fine. You know, uh, and I don't care, right? I don't care if you have to sneak around and do stuff. But the irony is, is that this lady in her whole like, we kids are exposed to too much filth is essentially right, right. the entire thing. And she is singularly responsible through this story getting out because her husband sexually assaulted someone of the news being filled with more prurient stories yeah. of this ilk in this, I guess in the state of Florida um, than could ever show up in a kid's library. The irony so uh, that that particular burst through, I think, was very telling. And I real quick before, you know, Philip's going to be joining us, like I said, from Warsaw. There was a story that comes out and a lot of people know that I follow, uh, you know, and and I'm overtly aware of the economics of China and whatnot. And there's a little bit of BS to this story that I would call. But there's an essence to it that has a seed of truth that is very important. This is a story from. Bloomberg's green take, and it says electric cars are driving China towards the end of the age of oil. China imports 80 to 85 percent of their energy from outside the country, which is enormous. Wow. America, wow. Uh, America imports about 12 percent. Right. We make most of what we use um, here or as you know, it's bought on the open market, but that's mainly where it comes from because shipping costs are lower on oil. That's right here. That's the only reason. Um, sometimes it gets cheaper elsewhere, uh, or, or it's just Brent crude is, is better here, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of reasons for it, but in China, there is none. There just isn't this coal, but because of flooding, uh, three or four of their biggest coal mines flooded and are giant, like black swimming pools that are like the size of, you know, 19 football fields. It's bizarre and gross and, and full of toxins and terrible. The fascinating part about this is this this story about an EV road trip across China reveals how economics and consumer preferences, not green concerns, are hastening the energy transition. This is the key to this story, how economics and consumer preferences, not green concerns. They're not doing it because because they're building coal plants for the electricity. They're doing it because they they don't have to import the coal, but they do have to import um, that, like they would have to import the oil and that in and of itself, um, is 
is very telling about the oil market because once China crosses that threshold, and again, their, their economy is on a downward spiral, but they still have enough people where it's a ma- major factor in the oil use market, mm-hmm. the country. If they reach a tipping point, by the way, not good for the environment. It's not because they're going to use, you know, they're not, they're not going to use fossil fuels. Um, they're using the worst one actually, but they just don't have to get it from anywhere else. Well, where do the countries that make and, or, you know, dig up and process oil sell it to if the, if that market vanishes? Right. And it is. And they know it. Why do you think the Saudis are trying to turn Dubai into a tourist destination and an economic, you know, like in an industrial economic base, as opposed to just an oil rich country with a lot of fancy stuff? We'll be back. Philip Bittner is going to be joining us from Poland right after this, which is very exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, and he'll take your questions also at the chat r- at infotainmentwars.com. Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and thanks to all our supporters out there. Uh, Patreon.com slash Hal Sparks keeps the show on the air, and thank you guys so much. Uh, it is the holiday season, so you can do a, a year-round if you want to join. You don't have to do it monthly if that bothers you or annoys you. And we've reopened the uh, the $5 level if that's uh, if, if your commitment is low and you're like, I don't, I don't know about this Sparks kid. I'm going to check him out for a little while before I commit to more than a cup of coffee a month in supporting him. You can uh, We can hang out. But um, in the meantime... Johnny Million is with us. Uh, he's got a live stream, too, um, during the week. Yeah, there he is. Uh, it's Johnny Million on YouTube and Twitch. And our dear it's friend, Johnny Philip Itner, join, joins us. And you can find him uh, under, I believe, Philip Itner on a lot of your uh, yeah. social media sites, uh, except mm-hmm. for X, where he is Itner Philip, which I think is, you know, because he's schooling people. So why not have your name read backwards like a like a student? So that said. Um, welcome to the show. How are you? And where Good. are you? You want to tell everybody? I'm I'm in Warsaw. Just landed today. Uh, took the red eye from uh, JFK. Uh, <clears throat> very jet lagged. Uh, but uh, I won't ask a lot today. Way, I won't I'm, surprise you with uh, a thanks. lot of like weird obtuse stories that you that happened in the last twelve minutes. Yeah, uh, and we'll go to tomorrow. We'll go to a little border town. Uh, where they have a, a train connection that'll take me all the way to Kiev. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Great. Um, lots to talk about. Um, you mm-hmm. know how, um, Phil, I'm sure you've, uh, and Johnny, and by the way, chat room, uh, get your questions ready through Johnny Million. He'll, uh, have them for, for Phil in the last, you know, and then starting in the next segment. But, you know, one of the things we, we hear about, uh, at the, on the U.S. border about like when drugs are seized, coming across the southern border, there seems to be a, a confusion in the Republican field about the fact that they were seized, that that's a good thing. <laughs> and, and you know, the assumption is, is that if you're seizing that much, there must be a lot more instead of you're actually making headway in seizing more of it and that a lot more was getting through until you started seizing it because the market hasn't grown. As a matter of fact, 
it kills people, so it goes down. You know, I, there's fewer people buying fentanyl in the country because it kills a decent number of them. So the idea that, anyways, the, they seem very confused about the whole seized part. And there's a story similar to that where the Ukrainian, uh, I guess, the government has uh, accused a senior defense official of embezzling $40 million, and they busted yeah. the dude, which is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Russia wishes they had done this more with the oligarchs that they have uh, – well, I was about to say they've killed after the war started. But they, in, in their defense, they just suffered from gravity poisoning or uh, they flipped their own off switch magically um, you know, in the most violent way possible in a way that would require them to put their toe in a shotgun trigger mechanism that was – in a gun that was across the room. That, that was a um, – Long legs Kovolchevich. Tallest pole you ever saw. Yeah, tallest guy you ever saw. Just like from the waist up, normal, but his legs, you know, just these long stick like things. But that said, that's what you're supposed to do. This, uh, you know, yeah. Have you heard uh, anything about this? Well, no, they've been been trying to crack down on corruption uh, uh, simultaneously. At the same time that they're fighting a war, fighting a war right. and they've and they've accelerated the attempts to to uh, you know crack down on corruption, they really right. ramped it up about four months ago, five months ago, mm-hmm. uh, and um, it's mm-hmm. you know they, they they want to none of the none of the uh, the equipment that is being sent yeah. over. Uh, or uh, any of the uh, any of the money, the funds, the equipment. Yeah, none of those have been uh, touched by corruption. Right, and I can Which say that comfortably because we have sent uh, at least five delegations have come over in the last the U.S. year right. year in change. Yeah, from a Congress. lot of Republican senators, right? Too yes, uh, a lot of that have checked the books themselves, get, right? And 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 the Ukrainians are not stupid people. They are smart enough to know that at the very least, whatever the Yanks give them has got to be on the up and up. So they've they've gone out of their way to keep very close tabs on the equipment and the money that we're, we're sending them. Um, there have been some minor scandals uh, in, in terms of things like uniforms and uh, food supplies uh, mm-hmm. that the Ukrainians themselves are buying, but not directly involved with the funds or the equipment coming from the States. Nevertheless, this is something that the Ukrainians themselves have said, you know, we've, all the blood, all the suffering, all the things that we're going through have got to mean something. Right. right. Part of what we're fighting against is the kleptocracy of Russia. And right. part of the major part of the major issues that Ukraine have been ha, has been challenged with in since the fall of the Soviet Union is because they have these Russian oligarchs coming over and using Ukraine as this kind of uh uh, gray market, black market environment for them to wash their money into Europe. Yeah. So part of the entire war has been pushing against Russian corruption. And uh, that's that's part and parcel of all of this. So right. 
Uh, I'm not terribly surprised that they're going to continue to find corruption and they're going to try and weed it out. First of all, the idea that there are governments around the world of any sort that don't have corruption in them. I think it would be more suspect if nobody ever found any because it seems like nobody ever finds any in the in the Russian government. They just some people just disappear and you never hear how, you know, any of it. None of those people see the inside of a courtroom. None of them have a chance to prove their innocence. They just, again, have a problem with bouncing. Apparently they're they're just not like in the in the great fight well, between them and three stories uh, of a building. They lose. And uh, there are very few systems in which human beings get together in which there is not corruption or abuse of that right. system. That's right. It's just it's just part of who we are right. as human beings. Is people will take advantage, mm-hmm. and I mean we have it in the states. We have it. Yeah, we have to. In, you got to run. You got to have checks. That's why checks and balances. That's why I think uh, I, even Reagan uh, quoted you know his quote like quoted uh, the old Middle Eastern um, idiom, which is uh, you know trust in God but tie up your camel. That kind of idea, you know, it's a trust, but verify is the idea yeah. behind that. Um, and so the idea that they found this dude um, and they busted him and they tracked it goes to sort of in the same line of the diamond prosecutors, which was the guys who were aligned with Shokin, who were found to have guns and gold and, you know, a, a downright Menendez level stash in their house that they had used to extort. From people like Lovchevsky at Burisma going, look, we know you're up to shady stuff. Everybody is because that's how stuff works here when the Russians are here. But we can pull the leash anytime we want. So you pay us. We don't tell anybody. And business as usual. That's the you know, right. That's the idea. And they're trying to put an end to that. Thank you. Yeah, in a big way. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and a big part of it is that um, – in, in Russia, corruption is, is, it is not controversial unless, uh, your, your corruption bumps up against somebody else's corruption and then things right. get serious. Right. Yes. You know, you but, dipped your chocolate is stolen chocolate it, in my stolen peanut butter meant for the troops. Yeah. <laughs> Why so don't we mix them together and sell them in India and then the troops don't get chocolate or peanut butter. High five. Like that's the, which is why this whole Hunter model. Biden thing. The whole Hunter Biden yeah. thing with, and we've talked about this many, many times, yeah. but I mean, the whole Bunter, Hunt, Bunter, the whole Hunter yeah. Biden thing about it is that um, Ukraine has been suffering since the collapse of the Soviet Union of these Russian guys coming in and then just robbing them blind and then yeah. heading on back to Moscow. So right. when you get a guy who is the son of the vice president, you can track him down. You can, yeah. there's a, there's that's a road, that's you know, my point. there's a road You can't steal the money. Yeah. You can't steal the money if you're that famous and that well-known. If you have a brand where your dad is a vice president, there's a chance he, I guess, suppose during the vice, you know, the vice president will often run to be president. This is before Bo died that a lot of people, this was the generalized consensus. They were probably making plans because they knew Biden's very anti-Russia on a bunch of fronts and is, is not a fan of like Netanyahu and others. He's, he was part of the Iran deal, but he wanted to be tougher on Iran even than other members of the – so, so Russia and other people are making decisions like, okay, what happens if Joe is the guy? Um, the, the, you know, the same thing is true of the people who are like – he can't run off. He can't disappear. Hunter Biden cannot steal your money and vanish. He could pass away, right? 
and the money could disappear that way. But that's a huge deal. So your money is safer with Hunter Biden there than it is with almost anybody else. And that's yeah, and what I mean, the whole the whole thing about it. What, what amazes me is that people can't get it into their heads that they're they're uh, you know the 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 Republicans keep coming in, uh, against Hunter Biden because he's supposedly influence peddling or he's right. you know the the other well no what he was was a loan guarantor yes he was a, it's a very simple thing my parents right. when I was when I was a younger man helped me secure a loan with a bank by being co-signers yeah. yeah in essence that's exactly what Hunter Biden was doing over there because. He, you needed somebody to sign to, for the loan that was reliable because there's an endemic corruption within the country. Right. So you want to have somebody who is reliable. So you get a cosigner, hence the buyer. That's right. Right. So or you have a party and somebody there, somebody there overseeing the, where the money is distributed that you trust or that even if you don't trust them that much, they couldn't even you know rip you them. off if they tried. Right. You know well, exactly you know where, where they them. are. <laughs> That's right. Um, and uh, we'll we'll talk about, uh, you know, but we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll take some of your questions as well. But then we also want to talk about this. Um, the, the Russians have lost another giant gas field production run to Europe. And in the same week that Germany has officially cut off all gas ties permanently. There was still some remnant in it. And is, of course, where are they getting their uh, natural gas from? The the imperialist pig dogs of America who forced them to not get Russian cheap gas and so that we could sell it to them? Nah, they just got it from Norway. We'll be back. Dogs. <laughs> right. We'll be back. We were trying to win to break. We thought we were... I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm going to have to jump on uh, GarageBand and start sawing something together. This is the house bar show. And then a guitar note. And then progressive. And all that. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, how? Did you mean something like this? This is the house bar show. And then a guitar note. And then progressive. And all that. Yeah, it's going to be good. The House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, it's going to be good. By the way, speaking of guitar uh, chords, uh, Johnny Million has a live stream. It's Johnny Million. And also um, on, on YouTube and Twitch, uh, same name. But also tonight at the world-famous Whiskey A-Go-Go on the famous what? Sunset Strip, the place where the Doors were once the house band, and bands like Motley Crue, Rat, and any other you know, of the LA hair bands came out of. Um, and also where I recently shared the stage with uh, Robbie Krieger and uh, Dennis Quaid and a bunch of other people for the jam night that I do there. Nerd Halen is playing a headlining gig um, at the whiskey. Very exciting. Um, where cool. tonight, as of tonight, insofar as I know, I'm, <laughs> I'm open to the possibility that some other band has done it either temporarily. We are the only Van Halen cover band that does all three singers. Now we are officially we are adding a, a Sharon era song. Yeah, we're doing without you. So I have to tell people this so they can listen to it in the car on the way to the show, so they know it a little because it's yeah, not. You got to be able to, yeah, yeah, to you know, know it's a Van Halen song. Yeah, exactly. I was looking so, at one of Caleb's uh, videos that he posts on YouTube recently, and instead of because they're nerd Halen, instead of yeah. having a cigarette inside the guitar strings. But yeah. he's, got, he's got a number two pencil. 
He does. He's got yeah. He's got a golf pencil in there. I brought my so pencil. Brilliant. I brought my pencil. Right. That's the line. Yep. It yeah, literally right. does. Yeah. He literally brings a pencil. So that's a, that's how nerdy we are. It's it's pretty brutal. Um, anyways, back to back to life, back to reality. So um, Russia's Novatech PJSC, which was their uh, um, Arctic LNG project, uh, the company that oversees it, um, was all set to release a bunch of frozen natural gas, I guess, um, into the system. But they uh, had to declare force majeure and say that we can't make our deliveries because of U.S. sanctions, which Hmm. obviously aren't hurting Russia at all with their 35% uh, constant inflation and the ruble being worse less than the Indian rupee and uh, their overstock of Chinese yuan, which is making their international purchases almost impossible for to buy from anywhere but china i mean china effectively has turned the yuan into a into a into a coupon for chinese goods because they can't get rid of it anywhere else because nobody wants yuan which is just fascinating (laughs) so um again the constant degradation of the of the Chinese and the Russian economies. It's just kind of one of these things that's just like a humping by in the background. Um, and they, I, I don't know why it doesn't get more attention. Maybe because it's a bit wonky, right? Um, oh, it's, finance news, you know, right? Exactly. That's the it's thing. always a little bit dry, but it's also the, you know, the bread and butter of it. Now uh, let's grab some oh, questions yeah. before I ask. Uh, um, I, I, I do dump something on Phil about, uh, Russia and Africa, which is just, they're doing something that I found so awful that I have to bring it up, but we'll get to that in a minute. What do you got, Yeah, Johnny? so I've got a question from Deb Denny. Uh, ask, uh, what's the scuttlebutt on the kidnapped children and the massive average 1,000 per day loss of Russian troops? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's been going on for a long time. Uh, they, you know, we have reports of Russian troops when they take a city or a town the first thing they ask is where's the orphanage or where is the or where's the school um knowing that oftentimes people will shelter in the school or their children will be sheltered in the school and then they'll uh they'll just take them they'll Mm -hmm. just take them and they'll uh send them out to uh you know uh Great distances away from Ukraine, Siberia generally, uh, and they do a program of quote unquote re-education where they force them to, uh, denounce the Ukrainian language, uh, force them to sing the Russian anthem and, uh, you know, uh, deny, you know, uh, mm-hmm. their connections to Ukraine. So it's, it's, it's ethnic cleansing. Uh, full stop. And I mean, it's the Ukrainians are fighting it as best they can. They have a program where if you are if you are a secondary or a tertiary family member that you can uh, that you can uh, put in uh, a request for the child to be brought back to Ukraine. And these brave family members will actually cross into occupied Ukraine and they will have transfers uh, of these children, but it's deeply cynical. Uh, they'll say that the Russians will say things like, Oh, we we're saving these children because they're orphans and they're mm-hmm. so close to the war zone, not, you know, failing to mention that they're orphans because 
the Russians have killed their parents or, you know, that, that we're getting them out of a war zone that we created. So, uh, the whole thing with the children is going to be, I mean, it's going to be ongoing for decades, probably. Yeah. And, and, and probably some of these children will never be returned to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very sad. It's very, very, very sad. And as far as losing a thousand soldiers a day, they're in the meat grinder, uh, generally up in, uh, the northern sector of the, of the, uh, uh, of the front line, which is up near Avdivka and Bakhmut. Uh, that's the place where a lot of casualties are coming from. There's some, uh, a decent amount uh, in the southern sector where the uh, Ukrainians have crossed the river and they're holding on to a, a, bridge hel- uh, a bridgehead uh, on the other side of the Dnieper River, which will allow them to put Crimea under threat. Uh, so the and Russian tactics are such that they just throw bodies at the thing. So yeah, right. and I, I have come to the conclusion recently that because people have always been talking about like, well, how, what, what is the breaking point? What is the breaking point? What's the number where Russia revolts against Putin or it's one, you know, one dead Russian soldier too many? And I've, I'm increasingly of the opinion that it doesn't matter. Uh, the body count doesn't matter. Um, and that they have, that Putin and, right. the, and his ilk. That's what have, the Z meant, right? The Z yeah, was World War Z. And, We're and, just going to charge. Right. People like uh, World War Z, and it's just going to be an overwhelming body pile that will eventually break the West because they'll get sick of seeing our dead. We will right. act on, we will weaponize the empathy of the West by slaughtering our own people or allowing them to be slaughtered and pointing to this giant pile of bodies and going, look, the Ukrainians are never going to win this, but they just want to kill all these people. They're making us send all our military age men there to be, you know, there was a, by the way, Phil, I don't know if you saw, but there was a story about somebody tracked the a grenade launcher team in the Abdivka for, they'd been there for eight months. One of the, one of the people in the unit who was an infantryman had, I think, been wounded or killed. The rest of them had all been relatively safe. Like this guy had been part of the unit and he went on a scouting mission and I think ended up getting, getting hurt, but everybody else had just done their thing, moved, done their thing, moved. And they would just fire, you know, rocket propelled grenades at these Russians running across these fields, kill hundreds of these Ukrainians with, you know, maybe empty rifles, God knows. And then they would have to move their stuff. So they wouldn't get struck by, you know, a drone or something like that. And they would just bounce back and forth. And they were like, it it became like almost tedium because there was no attack back from the Russians that was meaningful. They were able to clear and get out of the way because they had a strategy and they were fighting against people who have no strategy that are just being sent through. Right. right. Well, and they've also elicited, they've also elicited the, the mythology of the second world war, uh, not least of which, because this is a territory where much of the second world, world war was actually fought. Uh, Ukraine, mm-hmm. we like to think about uh, the conflict in the second world war between the Soviet union and, and Nazi Germany, um, most of that, the vast bulk of the fighting happened in Ukraine and in, and north of it in Belarus. Uh, that, that was the overwhelming majority. And then what that, what that has done is that it has, because World War II to Russia is not history, it is religion. Um, right. 
because it it was so such a you know monumental uh, clash of powers um, that they've elicited this Second World War mythology, and so you can participate in what your great grand or your, your your grandfather or you know whatever fought in the Second World War. You can contribute to that same fight, which we didn't finish because we didn't kill all the Nazis, quote unquote, in in Ukraine. So when we talk about uh, so the, the, there have been a couple of exa- examples in a, uh, in the later stages of the Soviet Union, the, the, the immediate post-Soviet period, where they fought in Afghanistan and they fought in Chechnya. And, and right. in both times, there were these soldiers, mothers, mothers and wives organizations that took to the streets and they protested and because, you know, the image of beating up grandmothers is not that great, even for Russians. Uh, there was this pressure on the state and they, they concluded those conflicts. That was Chechnya and Afghanistan. Those are far flung. Even Chechnya is kind of like uh, the, the soft underbelly. Uh, you, you have to explain the strategic importance of, of Chechnya. Uh, Afghanistan is way out there. Who cares about Afghanistan? Ukraine is all about Russian empire. It is quintessential mm-hmm. to their sense of identity and sense of self. So yep. um, it's not going to be mothers and wives on the streets. That's going to stop the thing. It's not going to be a body count. It's going to be, it's going to be taking land and, and being uh, defeated on the battlefield. Right. Um, we got to uh, take a break. We'll come back with more of your questions. And of course, um, uh, there have been reports of Ukrainian special forces killing Russian and Wagner soldiers in Sudan recently um, as it, and it's a fascinating turn of events, but effectively this it's one of their ways to keep the Wagners from rotating back up to the battlefield as the only kind of trained militia people that Russia can put forward. The best way to get rid of them apparently is not on their own ground, but by going to Africa and killing them there. Um, the stories are heartbreaking and fascinating. We'll be back right after this. And time constraints. All the creativity has been removed from the Hell Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide Bumpers. Now welcome back to the Hell Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. <laughs> we're all uh, hey, breakdance. I can start breakdancing to a robot noise. Uh, we're all we're all Gen Xers. So uh, welcome back to the show. Um, we got more questions. Then I want to talk about. Um, you know, one of the stories that is off the radar for a lot of people is what's happening in Sudan. And I've been trying personally to kind of ping it up into people's awareness lately because it it's been it increased since April. It really has popped off, but it actually ties into what we're talking here because there are Ukrainian special forces that are fighting not alongside the Sudanese army, but with their sort of permission in the country. They're not fighting. They're not getting targets from them. They're not supplying targets, but they're hitting Wagner Mercs. In Sudan, who are fighting on behalf of the RSF, who are ethnically cleansing Darfur and the border of Chad as well. So that's 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 the side the Russians are on in this. If you in in the jump ball of 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 a very complex war, uh, Russia has decided to come down solidly on the side of the RSF, the Rapid Strike Force. Um, But we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, we had a. Another question, Johnny Million from the chat yeah, room. Yeah, question at from Tobias. Um, thank you. 
the this is you guys were talking about this during the break. Uh, the Patreon system shot down three Russian fighter planes. Is that saying something about the weaponry that Russia has left to use? I don't know if it, I don't know if it's a reflection on what Russia has left to use uh, so much as we are getting more Patriot uh, anti-air uh, defense systems. Uh, the Germans have provided two more. Um, there's already one in the capital, thank goodness, because it's incredibly effective. Um, and by the way, I mean, just it shows how good that system is. The Patriot mm-hmm, system right? is extraordinary in what mm-hmm. it's able to do. Um, so I don't know if it's a reflection on uh, uh, Russia's bad, you know, tech, or whether it mm-hmm. is, uh, it's a reflection on how good the Patriots are. Um, they're got they're getting two more Patriots from Germany, as I said. Hopefully, one of them goes down to Odessa. Hopefully, one of them goes to the front line. Um, you know, the air battle is is going to be really interesting very soon mm-hmm. because we do know um, it's an open secret that the F-16s are in Ukraine. Right. So uh, we have been training Ukrainian soldier, uh, uh, airmen and pilots uh, to fly the F-16. One of the one of the best, mm-hmm. you know, one of the best uh, combat jets in the world. Uh, and they are, <laughs> hello, who, who we have here? That's Chud. Is that Chud? Is that, is that Chud? Yes, Hi, Chud. Oh, I see her. Uh, yeah. anyhow, uh, those of you who are listening on the radio, uh, the house Don't know what the heck's going on. Yeah. yeah, no, no, lovely cutie kitty. Um, uh, so the F-16s, uh, it's been interesting to see this, this discussion in the last, uh, like three, four days. Because um, uh, there have been all these kind of veiled announcements that the F-16s are already there. Uh, and they're saying, well, like, like the, the popular thing that I have seen Ukrainian officials saying is uh, the F-16 will be in the combat zone by the end of the year, by the end of 2023. Well, that's seven days now. away. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're there now. They're yeah. there now. That, that in, in military parlance. I am willing to put money down that there are F-16s in the air right now knocking down Russian uh, 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 aircraft. Um, and also, by the way, I mean, one of the reasons why the F-16 uh, uh, was so contentious and one of the reasons why the Russians freaked out about it when we made the announcement that we were going to do this is because it's a multi-platform system. So you can do air-to-air combat, but you can also do air-to-ground combat. So it's it, there is no one weapon system that is a panacea, but right. the HIMARS were a huge, significant change in the distance that Ukraine could strike at uh, mm-hmm. Russian forces and Russian forces behind the lines because the the sheer distance of the HIMARS, uh, that right. multi-launch uh, rocket system. Then we got the Patriot system, and I can tell you, living in Kiev, I can tell you from personal experience, living in Kiev, I have seen the Patriots in action, witnessed it with my own eyes. I have footage, but I have I have I have held that footage to myself because of security concerns. But yeah. I have seen with my own eyes what the Cape Patriot missile system is capable of doing, and I have also lived through Kiev pre-Patriot arrival and post-Patriot arrival and it has made a massive difference. I can can sleep a little bit easier in Kiev knowing that there's a Patriot system in there because it's so effective in knocking down even hypersonic missiles which the Russians says couldn't couldn't be done. 
Now they're getting, you know, now they're the, the Abrams uh, are out there. The tanks are out there. That's being yeah. very, the, the information about the Abrams is being kept very, very quiet. The, they, the, they love the Bradley, uh, the Bradley right. fighting vehicle, but now they're right. getting the F-16s. I'm, as our as our side of the equation, the Ukrainian Western side of the equation gets stronger and stronger, the Russians get weaker and weaker. And while right. their forces and their assets are diminishing, we we are putting in newer and better systems. I am still very confident of a Ukrainian win, and much of mm-hmm. it is because of these kind of things. And I, and again, well, I can, there, I can attest yeah. to the Patriot personally. It's an amazing. There was a uh, yet another report of. Uh, you know, uh, allegedly Putin being open to peace talks and a ceasefire <laughs> as long as long as they can keep what they've taken so far, yeah. including, yeah, I guess, the children. Yeah, yeah. we're just going to. Yeah, that includes the kids, all the people they've abducted. Sure. All the women and children. They get we'll keep that. We'll keep all the land we took in this last one. And we promise not to do it again in another two years. We promise yeah. we won't make another – we won't salami slice our way across the country while you guys lower your guard and try to join the EU and start normalizing your life. We won't just watch you do it, watch where you do it, and then attack you again. Um, let's uh, let's grab one more question, and then I have uh, something I want to bring up as well, uh, especially around – I got the, from, the, uh, from Karen Bast. They want to know, does Ukraine have Christmas on Monday? Or are they Orthodox and celebrate in January? That's a good question. Uh, they used to be Orthodox. Um, there is still very much an Orthodox community within Ukraine, but they have decided, they made a very, very public decision to break mm-hmm. with Russian traditions, and they are going to celebrate on the 25th. So Christmas in Ukraine will be officially celebrated. I'm sure there will be Orthodox observances on the 7th of January, which is um, when uh, Orthodox Christmas is, um, which is a very different affair from from Western uh, Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by and large, uh, they will be uh, celebrating Christmas by not, not by dictate, but the state has decided that that's that's when the state will recognize a, a holiday uh, known as Christmas, and it'll be on the twenty fifth. I will be sitting in a train uh, if all mm-hmm. goes to plan yeah. uh, between uh, a little town on the border uh, in Poland uh, to Kiev. It's about a it's about a ten hour, uh, thirteen hour train trip uh so i will be uh there will be no uh yuletide uh, celebration celebrations for me but uh, i'll uh i'll uh i'll be i'll be <laughs> i'll be mm-hmm. celebrating christmas on a train okay <laughs> well, look, there are worse ways to do it yeah, um, sure. as long as it's, it's okay. not the polar express i suppose which is it's all good know, talk about mm-hmm. trying to force a holiday movie through the, through the, the over really window mm-hmm. yeah right um the um, uh, fight that you guys are doing, and I know oh gosh, I hear what, from you what guys. In the world, personally, go away. Hear from Who's that? Who is this? Glenn? That was, that was Glenn Beck. Yeah, right. For some reason, um, Glenn Beck. Uh, and my sometimes my computer will uh, spout things because I have so many stories what just kind of tabs? buried in there. One of those secret tabs back there. Yep, it's uh, it's true. Um, the 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 fight in Sudan right now, which is heartbreaking and terrible. That's right. We have to slab it. Um, that uh, the fight in Sudan 
um, is is awful. And there are no I don't think there's any distinct good guys in that in either side of this, except the citizens on the ground. That said, the in, in this sort of like jump ball between the lesser of two evils, Russia has chosen the worst of the two evils intentionally. The RSF itself, like where Blinken came out and said both have committed war crimes. They, they, he made a distinction like both sides have committed war crimes. They're attacking areas because some people are dressed in civilian clothing and all this kind of stuff. They're in this process of, you know, they've definitely done it. However, the RSF has con- committed war crimes and ethnic cleansing and as an intention to genocide while they're in the business of fighting other Sudanese people, driving out different, um, you know, groups within you know, in inside those territories, so to sort of ethnically cleanse um, that area that they're in as well. And so the Ukrainians have been down there just basically as sniper teams shooting Wagnerites. And the and Wagner just started this thing. And World War Two, uh, you know, historians and buffs like our dear friend Boston Bryan will know this. Right, uh, the Nazis had a, a group called the Africa Corps. Which is you would you know basically certain Nazis would go down to Africa and they if you went to Africa Corps you were just down there to like control and seize and control and seize and you would incorporate some of the locals into what you were doing and try to hype up the the racist divisions you know of of colorism and these different things or between like Black Africans and Arab Africans and try to build that division so that in that division you could you could wedge in there and get the resources run out with the gold which is what the Russians, or the uh, Nazis would do a lot. The Russians literally are doing the exact same thing. And they decided to call it the Africa Corps as well. Like they're not even, they named it the same thing the Nazis named it to do the exact same thing. But then uh, tell me again how uh, we're denazifying Ukraine by, uh, yeah, it's. And the fact that the Wagner group was named after Hitler's favorite composer. Right. So, yes. And literally, that was the reason. That was the decision. Yeah, right. It's and yeah. how many how many clues do we need? It's one of those things like if people tell you who they are, believe them. But at a certain point, like maybe they're just leaving breadcrumbs. But then, these are entire loaves of bread. You just like thud. I'm pretty sure there's a bakery where we're headed because that's the only possible way there could be this much bread. Um, let's uh, let's see. Let's take a break. And we're entering our final segment. And then as soon as the show's over, I got to blaze a trail. I'm driving to L.A. To, for this gig. Sweet. And I got to get there just in time for. Uh, and thank for, you for all the gifts and memberships, Wayne Gwen, 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 Wayne. Gwen, what you Gwen do? Um, Wayne, what you yeah. Gwen do when they come yeah, for we'll you? Be, We'll be we'll be back right after this. Uh, meanwhile, follow Philip Itner, both uh, his vlog on YouTube and, of course, on uh, Exeter or what have you at Itner Philip. We'll be back right after this. Exeter. <laughs> Mine's being Brexit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Except I can't call it what I call it on, you know, because of the air. Yeah. <laughs> and we may still be on the air right now. I think so. I think we are. And we'll be back. It's. It's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We'll be right, we'll we'll be be right back. back. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I am happy, you are happy. Let us be happy together. Whether the weather is cloudy or sunny, I will always be a funny honey bunny. I am lucky, you are lucky. Let us get lucky together. Whether the weather is cloudy or breezy, I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy. Because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do? And isn't it nice that the sky is so blue? And isn't it nice to say, I love you, chugga chugga choo choo, woo woo? 
I am smiling, you are smiling, let us smile together, whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning, I'll be right by your side in the morning, I'll make you breakfast in the morning, I hope that you like cereal. Yay! <laughs> Hooray! And, uh, it- as uh, as of right now, uh, our our dear Kate and Coochie is recovering nicely from surgery. She's, uh, she's so insofar as she knows, she is cancer free and she does not. Yay. I don't think I don't think she has to go through chemo. Yeah, I th- they, it was they think they got it all. Yeah. Yeah, so Yay, fingers crossed. And she's news. lovely, and, and so that that in it's nice when she can provide us with the happy ending song and be the happy ending mm. at the same time. Yeah. I'm sorry it came at that cost. Um, uh, yeah. Next time, but next still. time she's our happy ending. It'll just because she's still super talented, funny, and lovely. There you go. Yes. Um, yes. There. Um, a couple of things. Um, so uh, uh, Dmitry Peskov, who's the Kremlin spokesperson. Apparently, uh, crapped the bed this week when Putin was coming out with this sort of like Ruskimir can include people of all ethnicities as long as they want to be under my thumb. I don't care where they're from or what they do. And, and, uh, and basically Peskov came out and parroted Donald Trump's poisoning the blood of our country. Oh, and Nita, um, that's a, that's a great, yeah, yeah, right they're, there. they're, com- they're completely in line. Um, and, uh, you know, he was making he made the case that it like it's that all they do is sh- uh, all migrants do is come into the country and start criminal enterprises to uh, and to it. Putin, I guess, responded. And that's our job. So um, they were infringing on his territory. Um, yeah. But also cynically, cynically, they're looking at it for the gene pool. They they need, yes. they need more. They they have a population crisis in Russia. That's what he so said. I've yeah. Seen, I've, I've seen recently uh, in kind of the wake of Peskov, like yeah, I'll bring them in. Like uh, you know, we'll teach them. Of course, they have to learn Russian. Uh, right. So we'll put them. Well, in he also camps. means Europeans, maybe Georgians, Ukrainians, perhaps the the wider edge of Turkish. They'll be okay with. That's who they're talking about. They don't yeah. mean like Chinese people in the in the like. Eastern sector of Russia. No, they're not talking about those folks. <clears throat> so um, let's grab another question. And then I have a couple of things from the, the Institute for the study of war is, has a couple of updates and I wanted to bring them up. Sure. I've got a question from Eric Pekarsky. What, what are your thoughts on the potential of Ukraine receiving its first shipment of F 16 from the mm-hmm. Netherlands, possibly as early as in a week? Send them, send them, yeah. send them, send them the more, the merrier. And it's going to change yeah. everything. It's uh, yeah. well, I, again, there is no one panacea, but the F-16 is going to be a big, big adjustment in the war because they're going to, they're going to dominate the air and nobody right now has air dominance. That might change. And and if that changes, then we're, we're closer to ending this thing, please. I mean, I hope this is the last Christmas that I go through where yeah. Ukraine is at war. So let's end this thing. Um, I don't know if you uh, heard this one, but uh, Solovyov was uh, a little upset this week because they ended uh, Moscow State University ended their program on special propaganda that you could take. You could get a degree in being full of crap, which is amazing. And they literally had a, a, a like how to join the propaganda ministry and, and 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 like what what tools you'll need to create disinfo and misinfo tides uh, and run a you know a bot farm all those they literally 
shut it down. And and Slavyev was saying all Russian schools need to teach this. Yeah. Um, which is <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I guess, but it was learn how to offered, lie. Yeah, they offered a master's program uh, that it, that part of it is, of course, in quote special propaganda, um, and uh, they ended it. And my theory is, you know, why is because nobody is left that's smart enough to understand and get the master's degree in it because they've all been sent over to be cannon fodder. There's such a brain drain that anybody smart enough to be able to understand how that stuff works and run one has been, has either left the country already and is busy Mm -hmm. making YouTube videos saying Russia sucks, ironically enough, um, that are fairly convincing and, uh, Mm -hmm. or they've been sent to the front line to just die as cannon fodder. Super weird. Yep. Yeah. That's Russia for you. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, What do you get there, Johnny? What's their next one? I've got one from Test View. Uh, what problems is the Polish truck driver's blockade causing? Uh, worse, uh, it was worse earlier. Um, the, the, the Ukrainians uh, and the new Polish government have been working, uh, have been finding workarounds. Uh, it's still a problem. Uh, the, it's mainly the trucks are actually uh, lined up on the roadways. Um, but it is, it is, the, the goods are oftentimes now being transported onto rail and that, mm-hmm. and that's how they're getting around the, the, the railways or the roadway system where the blockade is happening, where the backlog is happening. So it was bad there earlier. Um, but you know, touch wood, it's, uh, a workaround mm-hmm. has been found. And I think eventually that thing is, is going to end. Right. Uh, let's grab another one, Johnny. I think we're got, sure. We got I've got one from Nick left. Rich. Uh, has the onset of winter affected the Russian advance? Yes. Uh, yeah. It's it's um, it's it's harder. The the thing is with with winter uh, because the ground is now frozen. You can't take ground and then defend it because you can't dig in. You're still able to do maneuver. So mechanized uh, attacks can still happen, but holding territory is going to be increasingly difficult. Well, it will be difficult for a while now because you you simply cannot dig in uh, because it's frozen. It's permafrost. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, winter, um, as far as like, Taking ground and then defending it from a counteroffensive, that's very difficult for the Russians. Uh, but equally, the Ukrainians have the same problem. Uh, but the Ukrainians' uh, military objectives are much more about maneuver right now, whereas mm-hmm. whereas um, uh, the, the Russians are more interested in taking and holding ground, which means having to set up defensive positions. The Ukrainians just want to cut the land bridge off, and that means much more about maneuver. So, um, you know, ultimately they still will have to defend that ground, but if they can, if they can, uh, disrupt the transport of goods, uh, fr- across the land bridge Crimea, that will be a significant military victory for the Ukrainians that will not be affected by the winter. Right. Um, cool. Yeah. The, um, right now the, the, uh, oddly enough, the, the Russians have continued to claim, part of the waterway where the beachhead has happened. And yet and I'll, I'll show the map on the live stream. But That's, that might be where the F 16s actually, that might be where the F 16s most really, useful. really come in. Well, you can see right here under Ole, uh, Oleshki, 
down here, this is where the Ukrainians have made the beachhead and have come in. It's fairly extensive, but the but Russia is still saying they control these areas, which they by no means do. Which is it, it, again calls into question so much of the rest of this territory. This is you know, I'm looking right now at a 3D map too that shows where the rivers and waterways and lakes and that kind of stuff are. And the important thing um, is just to have that toehold because then you can just push, push, and push out. Right. So we're we're getting close. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, just absolutely brazen here for a quick moment. Uh, yeah. You know how I love to appropriate your audience, so I'm gonna do it brazenly absolutely. right now because I'm not we're not gonna be able to talk before Christmas, and then we, you know. That's right. I just want to say to everybody uh, a, a very merry Christmas. Um, I am here in Poland which is so close to the combat zone. And yet there are people out enjoying Christmas, enjoying the holiday season with their family and their loved ones. And it is heartbreaking for me to know that a mere few kilometers away, there's an entire country that even though they're going to do their very best to celebrate Christmas, um, you cannot celebrate Christmas fully knowing that your lives are, are at risk and that you're under constant threat right. of, of, uh, of attack and that you do live in a war zone. So be joyous this Christmas. Do not despair for the Ukrainians, but spare a thought for them because, mm-hmm. you know, this has been a difficult year. Thank you, everybody who has you know, uh, let me come into your, to your homes and you know, try and bring the Ukrainian cause, uh, to your homes. I, I wish you, you know, uh, happy Christmas and all that. But, um, while not despairing to do give a thought for the Ukrainians. This Absolutely. Christmas. Uh, well said. And I think that wraps up the show very well. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and Johnny. Merry and you, Christmas, and, and you, listening. Johnny. Thanks. Thank you, thank uh, you, it'll it'll be a buddy. good time. Um, I, and now I'm going to bug out as soon as the the music starts rolling and uh, and head you out to so LA tonight, Hal. to go do a show. It's yeah, it's going to be it'll be a good time. I'm excited. So if you know anybody in the area in LA, send them down to thank the show. Culture. It's it, it's fantastic and it's a good time. And uh, I know because I'll be there. Yeah, <laughs> you are. Right. Uh, all right, I'll be on a train. That's right, and Phil be on a train where he belongs. Uh, uh, <laughs> man of many mountains. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, and it's been great. All right, um, and and we Thank will have so uh, we will have our show next weekend. We will just be doing it from somewhere else in the country, as we often do. So I uh, take care, and I'll yeah, see if that all, if all goes right. That's right. Merry okay. Christmas, Cheers, everybody. everybody. Bye. Merry Christmas. See you later. Bye. <laughs>